Now, Executive Suites with WPRI.com reporter Ted Nisi. Welcome to Executive Suite. I'm Ted Nisi. Always good to have you with us. Later on in the show, we're going to talk to one of the region's top architectural firms, SMMA, about why they expanded from their Cambridge office to open a Providence office as well and what is the latest happening in the architectural world. But first, very pleased to be joined by someone, uh, some of you might know his company pretty well if they've come to your house and done an energy audit. And that's Vin Graziano. He's the president of Rise Engineering. And uh, people might be familiar with it because you are the partner National Grid works with to uh, try and make people get their houses and things to be more efficient. Thanks for being here, Vin. Thanks for having me. And that's exactly right. So talk a little about, you know, I, I teed it up there, but talk a little about, you know, what you do at Rise and kind of the scope of your operation. We've actually now been in, in business for about 42 years. We started back in 1977 when the original kind of energy crisis and Arab oil embargo first started. The goal of RISE was really to provide kind of a, a three-legged stool of services. One, we wanted to be able to help identify for folks what kinds of improvements they could make in their home or building uh, to make the home more energy efficient and to save money. The second leg of that stool uh, was to actually provide assistance in arranging that work to make sure that it was done by qualified subcontractors, inspecting the work in progress, and guaranteeing the work uh, upon completion so the uh, customer was satisfied and got what they uh, paid for. And then the third thing was to try and make uh, the improvements as affordable as possible. So by accessing, at the time, federal tax credits, now uh, very generous incentives from National Grid, financing that's available um, through National Grid and others. So again, those three things, helping you identify what you can do, helping you get it done, and helping make it affordable kind of cuts across everything that we do here. And Rise was actually, it started as a nonprofit, but is now, it's, it's a company, and you actually operate in multiple states. You have a pretty big staff. Talk about what it is today. It, we, we were originally founded as Rhode Islanders Saving Energy, and the focus was on residential customers um, in Rhode Island. And over time, the notion of that one-stop service with the three elements really started to make sense to folks to expand it into multifamily and commercial buildings. And then some of the utilities that we were working with here in Rhode Island had uh, service territories in neighboring states. And so it kind of made sense for us uh, to provide services there as well. So uh, we operated for about 20 years as a nonprofit corporation in Rhode Island. And we really kind of outgrew the nonprofit status. And uh, back in 1995, we were um, essentially acquired by Tilsh Engineering the proceeds from the sale were donated to the Rhode Island Foundation, so there is now a RISE Conservation Fund at the Rhode Island Foundation that funds energy efficiency projects for nonprofits, and we've operated now in the for-profit sector um, for the last going on 25 years. And how many employees do you have? Uh, I was the sixth one that was hired. <laughs> um, uh, back 39 years ago, um, we're actually up to about 350 people right now. Wow, so you've really seen the growth of the operation. We have. The, the level of investment um, that utilities and, and other program sponsors are making in energy efficiency is really um, exploded, particularly over the last 10 or 12 years. And it, it kind of provides a really perfect complement to what's also going on the renewable side. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're helping people control how much they use, the renewable side um, brings in something that's a little more environmentally friendly and maybe sustainable over the long term. 
And so those two initiatives really transformed energy policy here in Rhode and Island. And let's talk then about um, how, because I had to learn this. I was an energy reporter in my previous life in newspapers. And it took me a little while to understand, I would say, like, national grids investing in energy efficiency. Don't they want us using all the energy they can? And over time, I learned that the regulators, they're looking at the entire energy use, and they made it so that grid could invest money to have people use less energy because the cheapest energy is the energy you never use. And so they then have brought you guys in because you kind of execute on that, right, to, to help Correct. them to get it to the customer level. Talk about how you, like, what services you're actually providing on the ground that, that help to get that policy out there. So, so the, um, as you described, the, the um, program when it was originally founded was really designed to help consumers save money. It was more of a, a customer service program. But the way it's evolved over the years now, it's really become an integral part of the utility and the state strategy for meeting the energy needs of its people. So um, the, the core service that's available for Rhode Islanders from National Grid is called the EnergyWise program. Again, it provides for an on-site uh, inspection of your home. Uh, it's now done by a two-person team to make it as comprehensive and thorough as possible. And we'll spend about two hours in your house. We'll be looking at every place you use energy. Free. So, I mean, it, it's, it's embedded no in, your, in your rates in the end, Correct. but it's that day they're there. You're not writing a check. Right. Your, your, your only investment in the audit is your time um, and allowing us in. So we'll look at and, and change out your lighting to LED uh, lighting. We'll go through the entire house and look for opportunities for insulation and air sealing. We'll look at appliances, your combustion equipment, heating systems, water heaters, uh, pretty much anything that uses energy and try and structure for you some kind of a customized plan, drawing on all of the initiatives that National Grid has so you have a roadmap uh, as to what you can do, um, how much it's gonna cost you, what you'll save, and where you can get financing if there is uh, costs involved um, that you might have to bear. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk more with Vin Graziano about the latest in energy efficiency and just what those programs are that can help people to get their homes up to speed and as efficient as possible. Stick with us on Executive Suite. Welcome back to Executive Suite. I'm Ted Nisi. Coming up later in the show, we're going to talk to one of the legion, region's leading architectural firms, SMMA, about where, what they're up to and some of the big projects they've been working on in Rhode Island. But right now, pleased to continue the conversation with Vin Graziano, the president of Rise Engineering, which is a, a cornerstone part of efforts to uh, make Rhode Island and Massachusetts and other states, too, more energy efficient and get that done on the ground. So you were talking before for the break, Vin, about uh, how people can get these free energy audits. You send your two folks in and they look at top to bottom the whole house every possible way they can see and tell you as an option to uh to to make things more efficient and then but then of course people might be thinking at home well then i'm going to get a list of what hey if you spend fifty thousand dollars you could have this be really efficient talk about the programs that then have also been created to try to get it so that people can actually afford to act on your recommendations right and that and that's um the the beauty of the program certainly in rhode island uh, and the thing that's causing a, a really overwhelming demand for the service is that the incentives associated with the measures we recommend are exceptionally aggressive. So um, many of the what would normally be lower cost items like lighting is provided to you at no cost. But even things like major insulation projects are provided to you uh, with incentives of 75% of the cost or more. So you may end up getting a $3,500 or $4,000 project to insulate your home and you end up paying $1,000 or less. In the instances where you do have a, a, what we call a copay, a cost to you, uh, 
uh, GRID, in cooperation with the state, offers a 0% financing program. Uh, you can take out a loan with a local uh, credit union or bank for up to seven years to repay at no interest. So it really times the your cash outlay with the savings that you'll be getting each month. And in many cases, that long-term repayment um, is long enough so that your monthly payment is actually less than what you're, you're saving every month. You're actually, it's a positive cash flow investment. So you mentioned the demand. I mean, when you talk about, hopefully people see the show, you're probably going to get some more phone calls <laughs> after people see it this weekend. But, you know, talk about how many, how many properties are you doing a year and how, you know, are you having trouble keeping, do you have enough people to keep up with the number of folks who want these audits? So, so the, the, the level of service is driven in large part by the budgets that National Grid works out in conjunction with the Public Utilities Commission um, and other stakeholders. Uh, the budget this year in Rhode Island called for about 12,000 um, homes to be visited, which is uh, more than we've ever had in the 40-year history. Uh, we're actually on pace to do about 14 or 15,000 because the demand um, is so high. Um, again, I think it's a, it's a good service. People... Um, uh, are happy with what they get, and we do get a large uh, amount of word of mouth. Uh, but also, there's a, there's a high interest in the market in in um, you know making a home more energy efficient. Whether it's because you're you have concerns about climate change, you just want to save money. Uh, many folks will insulate their home just because they want it quieter or they want it to be more comfortable. So there's a whole variety of reasons that go into the decision. But the net result is that. Um, this year, we will serve over 14,000 homes in Rhode Island. We have 24 full-time two-person teams delivering these audits, um, and that's uh, miles ahead of what we've ever done in any previous year. So um, when you go into these homes, and we only have a little time left, but what's, what's the low-hanging fruit you often see? And do you see, do you see people who, when you give them the audit, you say you have the potential to save like, a very substantial amount of money? Sure. I mean, that, that's, um, you know, we've been around for about 40 years. The programs have been around. So, um, so the housing stock in general, the energy efficiency level, the baseline level, if you will, is going up. But there's still uh, large pockets of, of structures uh, in the state, particularly, for example, in rental housing, where there may be tenants occupying that, that property. Uh, the tenant doesn't have the resources or the financial motivation to invest in somebody else's uh, property. The landlord may not be paying the bill and maybe trying to make the property work. Um, so um, segments like that really offer an enormous amount of potential, both in weatherization, uh, so the basic core kinds of attic insulation, wall insulation, and air sealing, as well as um, heating and, and, uh, and water heating equipment. There's a special initiative in Rhode Island for, for, for property owners um, where the tenants are paying the electric or the gas bill that actually covers 100% of the cost to, to overcome that barrier of the landlord reluctance uh, to invest and the tenant inability to invest. So, so, so uh, segments like that represent a, a pretty big um, portion of the work. These Hard days. to get cheaper than free, huh? Exactly. <laughs> so, Vin, only have about uh, 30 seconds to a minute left. Uh, people, people might be interested now. They say, well, you know, how do I get on the train here? What do I do? What do people need to do if they want to try to have one of these energy audits and, and see what's available? There's uh, two simple ways to do it. If you're, if you're an online type of person, um, then certainly go to uh, nationalgrid.com and um, it will refer you uh, there to the energy assessment uh, portion in Rhode Island. Or you can call the 800 number um, that, that you'll find is 800-888-633-7947. So a, a phone call or, or an email or an online enrollment 
trying to make it as convenient as possible for people to reach us. There will be a little bit of a wait. We've got a little bit of a backlog, but we'd love to hear from more people. All right, give Vin a, a call. He'll be on a ladder outside your house in uh, <laughs> the December snows trying to keep it warm. Thank you, Vin. Rise Engineering, appreciate you being with us. Don't go away, though, because coming up next, we're going to talk architecture with SMMA. Stick with us on Executive Suite. Welcome back to Executive Suite. I'm Ted Nisi and glad to be joined now by Ara Krapian. He is president and CEO of SMMA. They're a, a big time architectural firm. They have a headquarters in Cambridge, but you've been in Providence now uh, over a decade, I think, right, Iris? Yes. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. So what originally uh, made you guys, you know, you're in Cambridge. I, I hear there's uh, plenty of work to be done in the Boston area in the architectural front. What made you decide, especially a decade ago, amid the crash yeah. and everything, to come down to Providence? How did, how did this get to be something you guys said, we're going to try that out down there? Yeah, it wasn't. It's not that there was not enough work in Cambridge, but at that time, obviously, things were slow. But we were looking at diversifying our business to sort of look at, at all the things we're doing. We had just completed the Blue Cross Blue Shield building. We had a, uh, lots of work at Providence College. We were beginning to uh, look at the K-12 market, and we felt this was the right move for us as a firm, and, and uh, we haven't looked back. How's it gone? Yeah, how, have you it's been gone well. Yeah, since, uh, since we started, we've done over 250 projects in Providence, so uh, it's gone very well. Um, all scales, all sizes, as I said, is Blue Cross Blue Shield, the business school at Providence College, a lot of life science work at Brown, um, East Greenwich Middle School, High School. Uh, so we've gotten a lot of big projects and a lot of small renovation projects and studies and things like that too. So we've, we've sort of taken the program that we already have in Cambridge and, and uh, geographically diversified. And we do work nationally anyway, but I think this is a, a nice location for us where it gives future leaders and, and current leaders an opportunity to run an office, yet it's close enough where we can really uh, take advantage of the entire firm's um, capabilities mm -hmm. in an hour drive. And you actually recently uh, were talking, of course, in the fall of 2019, you recently doubled down and expanded your Providence office, right? We did, yeah. So we were looking at uh, our lease was expiring and, and wanted to make a decision as to how things were going. And as a board, we sat together and said, "This is we want to get we want to get bigger in Providence, not smaller." Uh, we see a lot of advantages of Providence, not only in terms of the work, but in terms of the workforce, in terms of uh, economies of scale, and a lot of other things. So we moved uh, to the Promenade, and we have a beautiful office there. I, I like it better than our Cambridge office, actually. <laughs> and uh, we won't tell your uh, Cambridge folks. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> I, I tell them all the time. <laughs> and I say you should come out, come come to Providence and take a look at it, work here for a day. Uh, we have about 20 people in Providence. Some of them uh, have uh, space in both offices, come, come and go, but uh, yeah, it feels good. And I want to double down. I actually met with the Commerce Commission today about helping them uh, attract future uh, corporations to Providence. At the same time, we, I talked about helping us attract more staff, mm -hmm. um, technical staff. There's a lot of... We want to grow here. We'd like to double our size here if we can. Let me ask you, um, I have to ask you about the Boston real estate market. As someone in Cambridge who operates up there uh, and sees what's going on all over the country with the projects you guys do, uh, you know, does it remain as hot as we've been reading? Are there any signs of it slowing down up there? What, do you, what are you seeing on the ground? I mean, you're kind of at the front end because you're, desi yeah. you're designing a building that'll get built, so people are thinking, what am I going to be doing the next few right. years? Yeah, we're extremely busy. We've had a, uh, a big growth here 
this year in terms of staff size, probably 25% growth or more than 20. And um, yeah, Cambridge seems to be, Cambridge Boston seems to be on steroids. And we want to be selective. Uh, our company, you know, we go back, our founders in 1955 were uh, two engineers and an architect uh, from MIT and Rensselaer. And they thought about a business that was client focused. Uh, Bill Maney was the, the president and CEO, and his feeling was that uh, design firms weren't thinking about the client. And part of the, the program, we've always been a fully integrated firm. So we have architects, engineers, interior designers, planners, all working together under one roof. And he always felt they weren't the, the clients weren't served as well as they should be because uh, the entire building system wasn't thought through as collaboratively as it could be. So he formed a firm around that, and he. And he also taught at MIT at the same time, so he, he was really passionate about this idea. And we've basically taken that mentality and, and continued to grow the firm. Uh, definitely a, a strong focus on being, you know, well-crafted buildings, but being beautiful buildings and being venturesome in our ideas, but ne not necessarily going away from his founding principle that this, this collaborative um, environment of, of mutual respect for all designers leads to a better project, and that was really all about the client. So our client focus of finding clients, staying with clients, doing multiple projects for clients has never gone away. Providence College, great, good example. We've built more than 15 buildings there. We've done more than 65 projects there, and we will continue that relationship, hopefully, for as long as, as I'm around. Is it challenging? I think of a place like PC, where you have kind of that campus feel. They're, they're going for a certain vibe, um, and you're trying to build new buildings that fit with the, that don't suddenly stand out like a sore thumb on the campus, but I'm sure as architects, you don't want to just keep replicating the same buildings that they made when they opened the doors yeah. at PC. Yeah. How do you kind of balance that when your designers are trying to figure yeah. out how to make a new place? So that's the idea of, of, of staying uh, integrated with your client, their mentality, their philosophy, and bringing them somewhere. So if you're, if you think about, you know, the edges of, of a cup, you, you don't want to be in the middle of the cup where it's too safe. Uh, but you don't want to pour the water outside on outside <laughs> the edge. So you want to be right on the edge and keep taking them somewhere new, somewhere more venturesome. And, and uh, so our idea is to is to stay within their context. It's not our project; it's their project. And and we're fortunate to be a partner, and we're grateful for that. So we see it as as uh, exercising our ideation as much as possible but doing it within the limits of what makes it work for the client. You've been at uh, SMMA for nearly 30 years. You've been the yeah. CEO since, two it might be hard to believe. Yeah. <laughs> You've been the CEO since 2007. What's been the biggest change in the architectural world during your career? Oh my God, uh, <laughs> there's so many changes. Uh, my career, I started by, by making blueprints and, and uh, sniffing ammonia <laughs> for four hours a day. So, so it's been, been Lord a knows changes. what that did to you, but. Yeah. <laughs> But I think it's really about talent. I really think it, it's the way uh, technology has continually evolved in our business. And um, you know, we have everybody struggles with with change. Everybody struggles with generational differences. And, and you hear a lot of negatives. I, I see a lot of positives. I, I see the the ability to to innovate so quickly. The ability to create imagery and to create. Um, sellable ideas to clients, to CEOs, to people who aren't design-centric in, in their thinking, um, to, to see what is possible. Um, and the speed with which it's done is unbelievable. And even, you know, in many cases, the, the time-saving is 
goes along with money saving too. We're not making millions of prints. Everything's electronic. Mm. There's a lot of other innovations that have helped. We're doing, you know, uh, real-time 3D printing. We're doing 3D visualization. We do animation. So we do a lot of things that are, you know, our design teams used to be architects and engineers. We have design technologists now. We have graphic designers now. We have a lot of other people that participate in creating um, what the clients are looking at in terms of architecture. You know, there's a high school being built around here uh, that we've been covering a little on the news side, and uh, I was amazed because they, uh, the architects, the, the designers, made a basically a walkthrough video of how it would look, and they were zooming around interactively mm -hmm. at the meeting to design it. And I thought that's that's cool. you can really feel it when you're walking oh, yeah. walking digitally through the place uh, that they're that they're planning. It, it just seems like a whole different feel for someone who's not an architect, oh, and maybe yeah. with a blueprint won't feel quite as confident what I'm going to wind up looking at. Yeah, and it's hard to understand. Yeah, it was very hard to understand. It was it was and it was difficult for designers to appreciate that because we were trained in it, we understood it, and we put a blueprint out and said, what do you mean you didn't understand? It was right there on the planet. <laughs> yeah, didn't see. But, you know, we had the, the mayor of Somerville, we're doing Somerville High School, and, and I, he was in our office with the goggles on and 3D virtualization and walking through his building, making real-time changes. Wow, walking phase. through it with the goggles on. With the That's goggles cool. on. That's cool. And, uh, and we had a small <laughs> bank, Cambridge Savings Bank, where the manager, the market man, marketing manager of the bank came in, and walked through and didn't like the way the teller setup was and we made real time changes so they're really they're not just for show yeah. they're real tools they they so uh, the, that technology is completely different than it used to be that's fascinating um, we only have about a little over a minute left i have to ask you so we mentioned how hot the boston real estate market yeah, is you didn't know, answer it you know <laughs> you know how rhode island leaders have been saying their hope that maybe providence could could get kind of the effect of people saying rents are too high i'm going to i'm going to go down to providence there's a train you operate in both markets. Do you think there's there's real potential there? Or do you think, for the most part, if they're in Boston, they're going to stay in Boston? I think there's real potential. My advice, I would say, is that stop focusing so much on rents and start focusing on all the amenities, because people are going to uh, Kendall and paying $100 in rent versus going somewhere five miles away and paying $40 for rent. So it's about placemaking and it's a great, you know, Providence is a great college town, got great institutions, uh, focus on the education, focus on the master planning, um, and the big picture ideas, I think, and it's a great place to be, uh, great restaurants, you know, it's got, it's got water, it's got, it's got everything, that, uh, all the amenities you'd want. My sense is the second part of the story is, is the lower rents first part of the story is the place. Mm. And I think if, if the focus is the place and, and the opportunity, and then, oh, by the way. It's a bargain. It's a bargain. <laughs> uh, I think it's, it's, it's not dis, dissimilar to what we were just talking about in terms of, you know, you want to save energy and save money. That's right. All right. Ara Karapian, thank you. President and CEO of SMMA, appreciate you being here and some advice state leaders maybe will take to heart. We'll see you back here next week on Executive Suite. But remember, if you ever miss any episode of the show, you can find them on WPRI.com or subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. See you back here next week.